and welcome to the Friendly Veg podcast. Today we have Jackie, aka The Simple Sprinkle, joining us. Jackie is a vegan food blogger, UGC creator, so user-generated content creator, and Twitch streamer, among many other things. Let's not put her in a box. So if you've seen Jackie's food photos and videos online, you'll know that she has a positive, bubbly attitude and I swear her social media is going to be huge someday. I'm so grateful that she has agreed to spend some time talking to me. In my conversation with Jackie, you can expect the following three main takeaways. First, you'll learn about how Jackie keeps herself accountable as a vegan by making it a lifestyle and a business. Second, you'll learn about how Jackie monetizes her business through multiple income streams. And third, she'll share her advice to aspiring content creators. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed filming slash recording it. But before we start, I want to give a shout out to mgom7646 who commented on the YouTube video for episode 12 where I talk about white sugar and whether or not it's vegan. And they said, I only buy organic sugar and it takes me six months to finish a kilo. That makes the difference in price per day so small that for me, this is the right thing to do. And I love that, Amgom. I think buying in bulk is a great idea. And with that, let's get into my chat with Jackie. Hey, Jackie. Thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you. I'm excited to chat with you too. Thank you. (laughs) I always like to start with this question of what are you grateful for? I'll go first. One thing that I'm really grateful for is about two weeks ago now, or a week and a half ago, I hosted a vegan meetup. We went to a restaurant here in Toronto and about six people came out and it was so nice to meet people in person and just amazing to be in a space with other vegans. And I felt so grateful that people actually came. Yeah, I just felt so, I don't know, like grateful, humble, and thankful. I I guess those are all, I mean, grateful and thankful are similar words, but I felt happy. It felt nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It looked like a really, really fun time. I saw the pictures on your Discord and I got super excited. I was kind of sad that I couldn't join, but it looked like a fun time. Yeah. (laughs) You'll have to come up to Canada sometime and join us. Yeah. But yeah, so what's something that you're grateful for? Um, I recently started streaming again. I had a short break because my sister was visiting from Germany, which was super nice. Yeah, I'm just super grateful for the amazing uh, community that I have and all the people that showed up after a three-week break and uh, made my last cooking stream like so fun. We made rainbow cookies and they turned out amazing and everyone was just so lovely and exciting and I was just so grateful and thankful for everyone who was hanging out and yeah. I love starting with gratitude. I think it really helps start the conversation off on a positive note and with that let's get into asking you some questions about your vegan journey. I have this question that I always like to ask people when they come onto the podcast, which is think back to before you were vegan, what was your world like back then? And what was your view of veganism at the time? My view of veganism was that it is extreme. That's what I always thought. I always thought it was a a very attractive way of living, but at the same time, it was so alienated to me, so uncommon that I would always say like, oh, but it's too extreme, right? I have this memory of a dinner with my family. And I think I would have been maybe like, I want to say 15 at the time. So just before Mm -hmm. I went vegan, I remember 
one of my aunts asking me, oh, Serena, you're vegetarian. Would you consider going vegan? And mm -hmm. I remember saying, oh, no, I'd never go vegan. It's so weird. It's too extreme. Like, I remember saying those exact words. It's not uncommon for vegans to have had the, those thoughts before they went vegan, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what was the inciting incident that led you to go vegan? So since I started vegetarian, that was when I saw a chicken being slaughtered on like German trash TV, right? <laughs> but then going vegan later on, I mean, I, I transitioned very, very slowly over the years, right? And for, for a while, I was like a social vegetarian, so I would be vegan, but in social moments or social events, I would opt out for like dairy or something or the vegetarian options. But I think, I don't exactly remember what documentary it was i think it was seaspiracy but one of those documentaries and i was just like why am i not just doing it fully why am i like sometimes eating cheese still like i just need to do it yeah i totally know what you mean i think i had a similar sort of experience where it was just like why am i doing this why <laughs> not for me it was fish i went vegan except i still ate fish but yeah, I know now you are living in the U.S. and you're married and you have a husband who is mm -hmm. vegan. And yes. I'm wondering, I'm sure people have asked you this because people have asked me this about my partner too. What was his transition, your husband's transition to veganism? And did you, you know, push your views onto him? <laughs> it's a valid question, right? I know because I asked him, like, did I like push this onto you? Because I never wanted that. Because I think if you push your belief system onto people like they're not in it for the right reasons right and they'll quit eventually and he told me that he always wanted to be vegetarian but never did it and when we first started dating he was like well this is time for me to actually face why I'm not doing it and maybe just do it. And so he just started out and he really likes animals. He loves animals. That is his main reason why. From there, I think it was, of course, in, I was influencing him because I am vegan and was vegan when he wasn't yet, right? And so he was eating vegan most of the time anyways. Uh, I made him watch a documentary and I forgot how it's called. It's free on YouTube. It's like a super good one. We watched it last fall and he didn't really want to watch it because... Those documentaries are tough to watch, right? But afterwards, he was like, man, I'm going to be vegan now. <laughs> he does have a lot of work dinners and, and lunches with customers and stuff like that, where it can be a little bit difficult because they may go to a barbecue place or something, right? But overall, I feel like he, he manages really well or navigates through it really well so far. And I always told him, like, if you need to opt out for a vegetarian option because you really can't do anything else in that situation and it's just for the day that's okay too you know we gotta like navigate social life too and and professional life yeah exactly and yeah. I think this is where we both really align because we both mm -hmm. take a very kind of like minimalist approach to veganism and I've said similar things to my partner I'm like if you decided to stop being vegan then we we can still be together. Like you don't have to do it if it's too much. But yeah, I think it's really cool how everyone has different approaches to veganism and how they navigate their daily life. And that also in turn impacts how people do activism. What I think is really cool about you, Jackie, is that you have 
your activism in the form of a business, which is the simple sprinkle. So that really seems to align with your minimalist approach because you're just like, hey, I'm going to show you how easy it is and how delicious it can be to eat vegan food. And yeah, I'm not even just saying this because you're a guest right now, but I really think you're going <laughs> to blow up on social media. I Thank say to my partner you. all the time, yeah, I'm like, hey, look at Jackie, the simple sprinkle. Her stuff is amazing. Like your videos are so crisp and clean and your photos are beautiful. One thing I saw recently from you was you have these like lemon cookies that look yes. really delicious. <laughs> yeah. So there's certain things that you post that I'm like, wow, that is just so cool. But I'd love to hear in your own words. So what is the simple sprinkle? Also, how did it start? So the simple sprinkle, simply put, is a vegan food blog. So you can go onto that website and find vegan recipes, as well as kitchen and lifestyle tips. And the goal is to make veganism more accessible through simple and fun recipes. I really want to help people live a healthier and happier life. And I also want to prove to the world that you don't have to miss out when you're eating a vegan meal, right? Did you have any experience with food blogging before you started The Simple Sprinkle? I did not. I did not have any food blogging experience prior. I did not have any food photography experience. Wow. I knew I always wanted to blog, but I didn't have any experience when I started. Okay, so it's sort of like you went vegan and then you were like, all right, this is going to be the thing I'll do. And you just dove right in and did it. Yes. I mean, I always wanted to blog. I knew that. I just never had maybe the time mm -hmm. or really the motivation why. And I feel like holding myself accountable with the blog really like helped me to like push through in addition to me starting in 2020 when, you know, a lot of us had a little bit more free time. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And now it's your job, right? Like you're doing this full time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'm very curious to get into this part of the podcast because I want to ask you all the questions about monetization and all of that. So I've seen that you've had some paid partnerships. Like I saw, mm -hmm. I think a snack box. Do you tried a bunch of snacks, right? Am I remembering yes, this correctly? Yes, yeah, that's correct. They're called vegan cuts. It's a vegan, vegan snack cuts. box. Okay. Yeah. I am curious. So other than paid partnerships, so how else do you monetize your either social media mm -hmm. presence or the Simple Sprinkle blog? Okay, so I made the list so I don't forget anything. Okay, nice. <laughs> so, of course, paid partnerships, right? So literally the brand offers me a certain amount of money for XYZ photos, videos, a recipe, you know, depending on what they want out of the campaign, right? Um, which is through the Simple Sprinkle uh, affiliate program. So where I have like a code and when people use the code, I get a small commission on that. Then uh, affiliate links, which are mostly used on my blog right now. So when you see uh, a link that you click on my blog and it, it leads to a product, then it's very likely that is an affiliate link and I get a small commission if you end up buying the product. And then I also offer photography and UGC services for brands outside of my social media and blog, meaning I do product photography for brands and also offer to make content that they will use on their platforms where my name or face isn't necessarily shown. And then I also do restaurant photography for local vegan restaurants and bakeries. And yeah. That's it for right now. And the goal is also to have ads running on my blog in the future. 
at the um, um, people that I want to work with, um, I don't have enough uh, page views or mm. sessions yet. So I'm working on that. That's a lot of different income streams. Yeah, the remote aspect of your income stream, but also the in-person aspect, which I think is mm -hmm. really cool. So yeah, how do you do it? It's <laughs> a good question. So um, the snack box really helps to find brands, right? Because there's like every month I get like 10 to 15 brands that oh, are vegan true. sent to me. And then if I like them, I can try them right away. And if I like them, I try to connect with them through uh, Instagram. So I follow them, maybe like uh, stuff from them. And when I feel confident enough, I pitch them and I just send them a message. Hey, I really like your product. I think it resonates with my audience, with my content. Uh, let's work together. And um, I try to pitch, I think, around 20, 30 brands per week at least, you know, and sometimes it works better, <laughs> sometimes not. It just really depends. <laughs> 20 to 30 brands a week. That's amazing. This just shows that there's so much work that goes into mm -hmm. running a social media account and monetizing it. And that's all behind the scenes. And the people who are consuming your content, they don't see that. Very true. Like people often just hear food blogger and they underestimate how much work it is to maintain mm -hmm. uh, a food blog, a website, test recipes, create recipes, get paid partnerships and all of that stuff. There's, there's so much behind the scenes that, yeah, that a lot of people don't mm -hmm. see. The people who say, oh, it's easy, I would say, just try it yourself and you'll see <laughs> yeah. how difficult it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a rough idea of sort of your hit rate, like how many accept a partnership mm -hmm. out of how many that you pitch? I'm going to guess it's like, not to sound bad, but just based on also having tried pitching myself a bit to brands, I'm going to guess one out of 30 or maybe one out of 20 accept mm -hmm. and it becomes a paid partnership. Does that sound about right? It, it sounds about right. It's also like the question is also like, what is really a hit? Because sometimes mm. you're just building a relationship. Sometimes brands just, just really don't have the capacity or the budget is already planned out or they have other relationships and, and campaigns going on. And so oftentimes it's, I, I hear, oh, we would like to, but right now is not a good time. We'll send you some free products and, you know, we will reach out to you and we will have the time or the budget or please reach out later in the year right mm -hmm. so it, it all depends some brands really focus also on just having affiliate programs so they won't pay you for your work they will just give you affiliate links or codes right and while that is good and if you're a really huge blogger that may be profitable but as a smaller creator like making a whole campaign and putting hours of work into just affiliate marketing can not be super profitable all the time. Definitely. Also, I'm curious, how do you set your price? Because this is something that I struggle with. If I think about, I guess, my sort of day rate in terms of my tech work, like the data science and machine learning I do, that's going to be way higher than if I was to think of my day rate as Serena aka friendly veg aka someone who's building food shake and all of that you know so I mm -hmm. yeah really kind of go back and forth in terms of my rates and I've set rates with brands that then other people have said to me oh that's way too low and then I've set rates with brands where they ghost me afterwards so I haven't really found that equilibrium yet it's a fine balance that you need to find because you got to be comfortable with what you're asking for right because mm -hmm. 
even if you're not as experienced yet or not have a hundred thousand followers you still put time and effort into it and you still will give them a quality product right but at the same time there's like so many things that come into play like what's your photography level what's your following what is the brand that you're working with if you're working with let's say Reese's or beyond mm. right and and a really huge brand that's different than if you're working with a small business that that just started out that doesn't have the big budget right so those are all things to consider I do have a, a set minimum rate that I don't go under anymore because I used to undersell myself a lot mm. right and yeah. I recently started food blogging coaching with Kayla from Broken Oven Baking. She's not vegan, but she does blogging coaching. And she told me, like, I need to, like, double my pricing, which I wow. did. Yeah. So Scary. <laughs> yeah, it is really scary. And I think if the brand is not willing to pay that set rate that is a fair price for you to make a living, then... Yeah, maybe it's not the right, you know, like partnership. And yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just like any sort of work, really. I'm also curious, what was the first paid partnership you did? I can share my first paid partnership. It came quite quickly, fortunately, or at least I felt like it came quite quickly. So it was a partnership with Basel Canada, so the margarine brand, and they seem to be really going heavy into the plant-based space. So they have this product, Plant-Based Bricks. And yeah, about this time last year, I was invited to be part of their Baker's Dozen campaign, summer 2022, where they asked me to post four videos using their plant-based brick, so vegan butter product. And that was a really, I would say, illuminating experience because I'd never done anything like that. I'd never made an invoice before. Even the experience of going back and forth with the brand and getting their feedback on videos and iterating. So that was my first partnership. Like they reached out to me, it completely was out of the blue. And I've had like one paid partnership since, and that's it, just two. And I've gotten free stuff sent to me, which is really nice, but I'm really not very experienced with it. So after all of that rambling and me sharing my thoughts, yeah, what was your first paid partnership? So first of all, I think two is already awesome right you're oh thank experience, you right yeah, you learn something from that <laughs> and I think the more you work with brands you'll see that some brands are just more peculiar of what they want and are more controlling over the the content you create and some brands will be super laid back and just be like here's a product do something with it have fun mm -hmm. you know and, and just be, yeah. be fine it's, it just really depends on the brand you know but so the thing is that when I moved here and started with my, my blogging, I wasn't legally uh, allowed to earn any money in the U.S. because my status was still being processed. And so my first paid partnership was just a gifted product, and that was uh, Kibo chips, um, like a chickpea chip. Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. nice. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was pretty awesome to just like get like experience like that too like how to talk to brands and all of that kind of the learning the process right my real first paid partnership was um katjes usa which is a, a german vegan candy brand uh that is just launched a couple years ago in the u.s oh that's like a perfect fit for you i feel like yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome okay nice and did they approach you or you approached them so um, 
that is it kind of happened i would call i call it um <laughs> like kind of like um grooming the brand mm-hmm. um so you follow them you like their stuff you comment you like interact with the brand and show that you like them in hopes to see if they maybe react and because they were so new and they just launched and they basically found them like a couple weeks after they launched here and i knew they are like as big as Reese's or you know like some big brand from the US like they are as big in in Europe so i knew they are mm. a huge deal and i was like super excited because i really really like them and so um yeah that's how how it started and i made a cake with their gummies like a vegan surprise cake where there's like Ooh, sprinkles fun. inside yeah and then it had like all the gummies around it and they really liked it and so we started working together so I kind of reached out, but they reached out to work together. That makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. And I think a lot Mm. of the times that's a great way to do it. Again, it's like any job. You get to know the people and then you build that trust and then they give you a shot. And really the person on the other side of the agreement, like the business agreement is just a person. They're looking for someone just like how you're looking for someone. And yeah, yeah, it's just like people. You know, I always try to remind (laughs) myself, we're just all people. One thing I've noticed for sure, is that everybody on social media and in business has their own sort of unique angle, unique perspective, like maybe people who have pitched themselves to one brand that you've also pitched yourself to, maybe somebody else, their persona just matched them. and But then your persona is going to match another brand that theirs wouldn't. So mm-hmm. if you had to pick what's unique about the simple sprinkle, what would you say that is? <laughs> There's a couple of things I think that are unique about the simple sprinkle. First and foremost, I think the variety of foods that I share is unique because I'm not focusing on just health foods or just junk food. I try to share a variety because me personally, I like to eat healthy, but I also like to indulge from time to time. I like baking, you know, I like sweet treats. So it's cookies and cakes, but also salads, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a have a good variety. And then in addition, I do share lifestyle tips and guidance as well, right? Then I think the most thing that, or the biggest thing that sets me apart or makes my blog a little bit more unique is my community engagement. I'm all about the community. I love connecting with other people. I love to, you know, meet vegan interested people, uh, vegans of all like ages and, and like wherever they are in their vegan journey. I do host my my Twitch streams, my vegan cooking and, and, and baking streams. And so people can literally every week come into my stream and talk to me live and connect uh, with me and the community in an in a interpersonal, more direct way. And I think that a lot of bloggers don't do that. And mm-hmm. yeah. I love that you stream on Twitch. We talked about this in the coordination call, but... It seems like there really aren't a lot of vegans on Twitch. And my hypothesis is that veganism and gaming, if you think of Twitch as like a gaming thing, they don't really intersect that much. So people who are interested in veganism tend to come from a certain kind of subset of pop culture, if that makes sense. Like maybe Mm -hmm. they're more interested in health and lifestyle and fitness, whereas gaming, it's like you maybe don't care as much about ingesting the most healthy food all the time you're more like really into the game like learning from the game entertaining yourself and all of that so i think that's why it's not that popular of a platform among vegans 
but I'm curious, do you have a hypothesis? Like after we talked about this, after the coordination call, did you think, oh, I actually, I think this is why there aren't many vegans on Twitch. So I totally agree with your, with your theory. Uh, I also think it's because if you think about Twitch, it's not necessarily directed to vegans. It's directed to gaming, if you like mostly, right? So most people, when they go to Twitch, they want to see gaming. They're not there to see vegan food, right? Mm -hmm. But as we know, like Twitch is, is branching off and there's all these other new categories of live streaming, like just chatting, cooking, food and drink makers uh, and crafters. There's all these other categories now that, you know, people that want to see more lifestyle content can can mm -hmm. see. And this is one of the reasons why I started with Twitch, because I I really like food and drink streams. I love seeing people cook and bake live. And I kind of missed more vegan streams because every time when I typed in the vegan tag, there was no one there streaming vegan food. And while I, to a certain extent, enjoy watching people just cook generally, it's difficult for me to watch someone like cook chicken or something like that. It just makes me uncomfortable. And I, you know, watch myself just hopping off the streams because of that. And so I wanted to be the change and be there on Twitch. But what I did learn through that, like being more on Twitch, that there is actually a small vegan community there, which is, I think, an, a niche. Mm -hmm. So it's like gamers and like nerdier people that are vegan and that are like there, <laughs> right? That makes and, sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, I'm part of a actually a, a Twitch team stream beans and they're all vegans um there's art streamers there's gaming streamers cooking streamers so i think we're also like the biggest vegan team on twitch so nice well there's not maybe a lot of vegans initially because there's also i mean you don't always talk about veganism in every stream right mm -hmm. but there's uh vegans and also vegetarians hiding <laughs> and you just need to find them <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I guess you don't talk about being vegan on every single stream unless you're stereotypical. And <laughs> but I think really like nobody actually does that. But on Twitch, what would you say the monetization opportunities are? See, look at me, I care so much about asking about monetization. I'm just so curious. How does it compare to other platforms? So I think it's one of the easiest platforms to get monetized really quickly because the requirements are not as high as on YouTube. Um, Instagram does not really have the work, like they have a program going on, but it's very secluded and, and, and mm -hmm. exclusive. I, I think it's, it's one of the, at least it was for me, the easiest platform to get monetized. And from there, you immediately get ad revenue. People can subscribe to you monthly. To support you um, i also have a donation button where they can donate through i think paypal and you can also do sponsored streams yeah it seems like it's really set up well to help people monetize and with good reason but is there anything that i missed in terms of advice that you would have for other aspiring vegan food bloggers or entrepreneurs i think overall for you but for anyone who who is a content creator or wants to be a content creator and wants to do this for a living is the most important part is not to be too hard on yourself right because it can be tough to to grow and blow up you know because you, you put so much work into it and then 
oftentimes people like start just to focus on the numbers and and lose like track of everything else so i would definitely recommend everyone to be gentle and kind to themselves and always remember that it's like at least for me it's so rewarding if just if just one person like learns something or is touched by your content right and you don't always see the impact your content has on people and other people's lives because People don't always tell you. There's some some people that watch your content and they will never comment, they will never like or interact with it, but they see it and still go out and will have a vegan meal. That's very true. I think your point, I mean, all of those are amazing points, but one thing that resonates is the yeah, being kind to yourself and not being too hard on yourself. And I was even being hard on myself saying, oh, I've only had two paid partnerships. And you were like, mm-hmm. I think that's great. So yeah, that's a really good example of what you just mentioned. So to wrap up, I always end with sharing my favorite hate comment that I've received lately. And I was wondering, do you have a hate comment that you would like to share? Because as vegans, we get (laughs) hate comments all the time. (laughs) Uh, Yes, we do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My um, favorite from from this week, actually, is tofu is ass. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I know that uh, made me laugh. That one was like a funny one. So. so did you reply? Do you usually reply? If it's like mean stuff, I usually delete it because I it, it affects me emotionally. And so I just delete, I block the people and delete the comment, especially if they're not appropriate, right? Because I don't want mm-hmm. that on my, I want my channels and everything like that's the Sims of Sprinkle. I want that to be a safe space for everyone. And so I, I you know, I just delete it. <laughs> I think that's very in your right. I do that too sometimes. Sometimes some of the people who comment hate, it's just, it's too much. I often just leave it or I reply with a stupid question. <laughs> I enjoy that though, going through your comment yeah. section. I mean, I don't oh. like it because it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like some weird people in there, but I love yeah. your your comments like, to them. Like they always <laughs> Thank make you, you. Like, smile. So uh, I really like that. <laughs> that makes me so happy. But yeah, thanks so much, Jackie, for joining. I hope you had a good time and I hope you can come back on the podcast sometime. That would be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, thank you for having me. I would love to come back. And before we end... We mm-hmm. have to share with everybody. So where can everybody find you? So my blog is thesimplesprinkle.com and on all socials and on Twitch, it's always The Simple Sprinkle. Okay, that was awesome. I learned so much and I hope you did too. We really talked about a lot, but to summarize, we talked about three main things. So first, we talked about how Jackie uses her business, The Simple Sprinkle, to keep herself accountable as a vegan. Second, we talked about monetization and Jackie's hit rate when pitching to brands. And I really appreciate her sharing these numbers with us because it's so important to set realistic expectations and know that not every brand that you reach out to will end up partnering with you. And that is completely okay and normal. And third and finally, Jackie shared her advice to aspiring content creators, which was be kind to yourself which I think is wonderful advice because it's just so true in any situation, you should be kind to yourself. And I think if you watch my content or listen to this podcast, you've probably heard me say multiple times, be kind to yourself, focus on progress over perfection and all that stuff. 
So if you enjoyed this episode, you should go follow Jackie. She is at The Simple Sprinkle on every social media platform. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment on YouTube and let me know or a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you are listening. It would mean so much to me. And a comment or a rating from you is a great indication to me that I should continue creating this podcast because it does take a lot of time. But anyways, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you later. Bye.